It's very important to consider why you are pushing your kid to do what you are pushing them to do. For example, if you were only pushing your kid to do a certain activity or sporting event because you used to excel in that event and sporting event, then there's a good chance that you are only wanting to them to excel because you used to excel in that said sporting event. That would be an example of trying to live your life through your child. The Greenhouse Effect is a weekly podcast hosted by youth pastor Avery Bowman. This podcast is for teens and their parents. Our goal is to encourage, support, and strengthen the home. Contrary to popular belief, one can survive in this present culture while maintaining a personal relationship with Jesus. Join us each week as we learn from God's Word. Here is your host, Avery Bowman. I hope you all are having an absolutely amazing day. Uh, my, my encouragement to you is that you are growing and thriving with your family on a daily basis, that you're putting in the work necessary that it takes to be growing together as a family. And so that is my goal and my prayer for each and every one of you. Um, this week's podcast is a little bit going in a little bit of a different direction, but it's one that I get often. It's one that... Um, individuals have asked me to speak about and talk about because there is a fine line between um, what is a good balance between um, how I should be involved in my children's life and in my teenager's life, um, but not too involved. You know, how should you let them move on with their friends and have involvement with their friends, but not give them too much reins? And so um, this is definitely a uh, um, a one that we get often and a request that we we talk through with parents quite frequently. Um, but basically, um, it would be, are you living vicariously through your child? Are you living vicariously through your child? And basically, vicariously, the definition would be in a way that is experienced in the imagination through the actions of another person. So I think back to my childhood and the way that I was raised and, and the experiences that I had as an individual. And so basically the way that I would draw this comparison is then I do I then try to live through my kids? Do I have regrets with maybe my parents and then I try to correct everything and prevent certain things from happening through my kids? And so um, you'll see a lot of that in working with teenagers is that um, you'll hear a lot of parents say, well, um, my mom did this and my dad did this and there's no way that I'm going to allow this to happen to my um, family. And so in talking through and, and kind of bringing this to the surface, this can bring up a lot of emotion, a lot of um, old laundry, so to speak. But I just want us to be real with ourselves today. I want us to consider Man, what is it in our lives that we might be living vicariously through ourselves into our children? What are we putting upon our children that they um, don't necessarily, they shouldn't have to burden? What problems do I have from my childhood that I need to deal with on my own that I shouldn't be putting and casting upon my children, right? And so, 
that's kind of the the topics that I want to bring up and uh, bring to the fourth front of you today. But um, disappointment is passing frustration or perhaps a reason to try harder, achieve a different dream. And when we have disappointment as chi- uh, in our childhood, then a lot of times we want to do everything in our power to not allow disappointment to happen to our children. And so then we'll do everything in our power to make sure that disappointment never happens and that our our children never go through those disappointments. Many people have witnessed this, um, whether it's through sports, um, spelling bees, parent-teacher conferences, um, and researches have um, come out and they, they've made this known. And there was a 2013 study that is done on this, and it provides experimental evidence that parents do indeed attempt to redeem broken dreams through their children. And the research found that parents can feel pride in their children's achievements and even heal old wounds. And so, but when this is taken to the extreme, living vicariously through a child can damage the child and they can kind of be the scapegoat through this things. So I kind of want to talk about some of the signs that were done in that research to kind of bring to the surface of, hey, maybe I am living vicariously through my child. Maybe I am I, I am exhibiting some of those signs and maybe I'm doing some of these things. Um, the first one was being obsessively involved in your child's activities at the expense of your own well-being or hobbies, right? So maybe you are... Um, completely neglecting your schedule and neglecting the things that you have to do in your life and you're only wanting to show up at what your kids schedule is you're only wanting to show up at what they have to do a lot of times this can be uh, deemed in the term of helicopter parenting right you only want to helicopter and hover over what is being done in your teens lives and so you, you have to sit back and examine and wonder if you are hovering over your teenager, if you are not letting them go, not letting them um, do this. And again, this can be because maybe you weren't able to do these things in your childhood. Maybe you wish that you were able to. There's a bunch of different reasons for these things. This is just off of this survey that I found. The second one is forcing children to do things that they don't want to do because either they're unnecessary or they offer no additional benefits. The example here is that all children must eat their vegetables and go to school, but there is no reason that a child needs to do specific activity such as football or art camp, right? You say, hey, My kid doesn't want to play football whatsoever, but I'm going to make them play football because I played football, right? They have no interest in art or in any of these things, but because I did it, I'm going to make sure that I try to push that upon them. Again, this goes back to something that we talked about in weeks prior. What are their interests? What's something that they get excited about and this is where you have to know your teenager. You have to dive in and understand what their interests are. And so it's important that we understand their personal interests, the things that excite them, the things that they want to do. Not just because, hey, when I was a teenager, I did good at soccer. And so 
my kids are going to play soccer no matter if they like it or not, you know? And so I think it's, it's extremely important in thinking that through, I have two four-year-old boys and they have taken an interest in soccer, but I'm a little bit too standoffish in the sense that, Hey, if you like soccer, great. If you don't, I, I don't really care, you know, and maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is that I see it so many times where we see the the one side of the spectrum to where people could care less if their kids are involved in anything. They, they're they completely fine if they sit in their bedrooms. And then you see the parent that, hey, because I played soccer, you're going to play soccer because I and, and actually the kid wants to uh, be involved in art or be involved. You know, so we have to uh, be in communication with our kids in these things. The third one is making decisions about your child's life because of your own disappointments. And we have to make sure that just because um, we did, we were hurt in certain areas, then we're not making sure that we allow to, we're enabling our kids to then do the exact same things just to protect them from certain situations, right? For example, a parent might be living uh, vicariously if they refuse to let a child quit basketball because they regret re, they have regrets of quitting basketball right once you start you're never going to quit well if you think about it you know just because they quit basketball doesn't mean they're going to be a quitter the rest of their life and i'm not enabling quitting i'm not a quitter myself and i'm not saying that that is something that that, that you should instill in your children to quit but I'm just saying that, you know, just because you wish that you would have been able to quit or whatever your exact circumstance was, we have to be careful not to tap into that mindset and philosophy and just go hog wild in these things. Seeing your child's behavior and activities as a reflection of your own worth. That's the fourth one, right? We've talked about this several times is that, you know, we have to understand that our children, they have a sin nature. They have the ability to make their own decisions, and they will make their own decisions. And so in knowing that and realizing that, then we have to understand that we're our identity does not come in underlying and the decisions that our children make. And so we have to be okay and understand those things. Another one they put here is that ignoring your child's needs or interest. For instance, a parent might push their child to take an art class when they absolutely want to play baseball. Okay, we have already touched on that and already talked about that. But just because that they are interested in something that you might not be interested in, then that's when the excuses come up in our minds, right? Well, we don't have time to get you to that. There's no way that we're going to be able to. And really, those excuses are coming out of, man, you're not actually interested in baseball. You want to do art or whatever. Experiencing intense emotions relating to your childhood and the things that you went through. Look, just because you might have went through something and you might have um, been abandoned or you might have not had the greatest upbringing, 
it does not mean that you have to completely 100% then put that upon your child and allow them to completely um, feel the weight of what you went through as a child. I've been stuck on this verse all week, and it's spoken volumes to me all all week long. But Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1, it says, "There There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans chapter 6 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Hey, mom and dad, I know you might have had a rough life. I know your mom might have uh, abused you and mistreated you and wasn't there for you. I know that your dad might have jumped ship. I don't know your exact situation. I don't know your exact testimony. But I know we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And I know that no matter what has happened in your past and in your life, that you can overcome that, that you can raise victorious. I'm not saying that mental struggles are not real. I'm not saying that depression is not real. I'm not saying that the baggage of the past is not real in your life. I'm not minimizing that even. I'm not saying that you know, you're not going to struggle with these things and you're not going to have bad days. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying for the cause of your children, and I am saying that that Jesus Christ, what he has done for us, that we are more than conquerors, that there is no more condemnation, that if we're walking in the spirit, that all that stuff's in the past. Hey, we got to pray these things down in our lives. We have to have victorious We have to have victory over these things in our life. Hey, rise up against these things. Stand up and say, we're not going to have these these things taking priority in our home anymore. Hey, my challenge to you is this. I'm not just throwing Bible at you. I'm not just leaving you abandoned. But I am telling you, if you need to seek professional counseling, seek professional counseling. I'm a 100% advocate of if you can't work through certain things, hey, seek the help that you need. That's what it's there for. It, it And work through the struggles and difficulties that you need to. But don't just let it cripple you to the point that you can't function with your kids, to the point that you can't have a happy life and a happy marriage and, and um, interact and love and care about people the way that we were called to do. Look, there is not one thing in this life, on this side of eternity, that Jesus Christ cannot overcome. There's not one thing. And and if you would sit there and look me in the face and tell me that, then that that is um, extremely discouraging because God's word will stand. His word is powerful enough. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And I promise you, he can defeat whatever it is that is, is taking you down and discouraging you today. Hey, look, don't you dare let it discourage you to the point where you don't think you have influence over your kids. Hey, you do. Your past, you might have a past, but put that aside for the sake of your kids. Put that aside for the the future in your life.
telling your child how to think and feel about certain hobbies, goals. Um, for instance, if a child thinks that they hate baseball and that they only feel that way because you've constantly told them that. Hey, look, if they, they want to explore that and want to go out and do that, let them do that. Look, our goal and our job is to guide them and direct them in the ways of the Lord. We are to teach them the truths that are found in God's word. We are to work with them on a daily basis and tell them what God's word says. And ultimately, we are not to 100% steer every single thought in their life. We don't want to do that in their life. Look, we want to guide them. We want to direct them. But if we're thinking for them, then the day that they turn 18, they will leave the house and they'll be lost because they're only performing off of what mom and dad thought. We want to ground them and root them in Jesus Christ. We want to point them to the Lord and allow them to stand according to God's word. There's so many, so many amazing verses that go hand in hand with this. But I want to close with one of my absolute favorites, and that's Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And this passage basically is talking about all sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Hey, look, he is all sufficient. He will take care of every one of our needs. But Colossians 2, chapter 6, Colossians chapter 2, and verse number 6, it picks up and says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and that, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, and whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, with which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Hey, that's it. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are of a shadow of the things to come, but the body is of Christ. Hey, I'm just telling you, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Hey, look, this whole world's going to push a philosophy and an agenda upon you, 
and I'm not belittling and I'm not minimizing what you went through in your past, but I'm just telling you that God has us living for such a time as this. And we can't be living in our childhood of 15 or 20 or 25 or 30 years ago. And we can't be putting that pressure upon our kids. But hey, why not make the adjustments and why not adapt to what God has for us today and allow our kids to reap the blessings and the benefits of what we have today? Why not allow them to um, to live in light of what God has for us today? Hey, we have no condemnation because of Jesus Christ. That's my challenge for you today. And don't be the parent that is 100% always, um, you know, helicoptering over your parent or over your teenager and not allowing them to enjoy anything. You know, be the teenage or be the parent that is encouraging your teenager and supporting your teenager and lifting them up and and being there for them. I I, I heard it once said by an extremely wise individual, and they put it this way. They said, you know, Brother Avery, we want our teenagers to be around as many godly influences as possible because we don't want to be the only one telling them truth. We want them to hear it from other individuals so that they don't think that we're crazy when we tell them. And I thought, man, that's good. And that's what I want for my boys. I want them to be around the individuals of church. Now, protect your kids. Be there for them. You know, love them. Make sure they're not in harm's way and around the the sickos of this life. I'm not saying that for a second. But at the same time, there has to be a certain amount of trust and um, care for the people of the Lord that God has placed in your life. Hey, God bless each and every one of you. We're here for you. I love you. Have an amazing, amazing day, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review. The greatest trick Satan has ever pulled is convincing the world he does not exist. We have to live in light of the reality that he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He is alive and well today. Remember to work out your salvation today. May God bless you richly as you seek to walk with him.